almighty the champ is here how we doing how we feeling welcome to the greatest boys podcast let's just hop right into it do you date black bitches no i'm joking i'm joking, I'm joking. We're gonna we're gonna commence the podcast a little bit more smoother than that. First off, how's everybody doing? How's everybody feeling? How is your day going? I am in good spirits. Life has been good. Um, uh, I just now got to the point in my weight loss journey where I can kind of somewhat see the six pack fake way coming through. I'm not saying I'm ready to drive two hours to Monterey, California, to Monterey State Beach, and walk around half naked, but I am saying we get there, we inching there, so we're gonna see what's going on. Um, let's just hop right into it because I don't like to take time with getting to topics. So there is a podcast called the Flagrant Two Podcast, hosted by one of my favorite comedians of all time. Shout out to Andrew Schultz and also shout out to Akash Singh, one of my favorites as well. And they had a conversation with two slightly on the unattractive scale men who have a very famous podcast called Fresh and Fit because they had a video that went viral of them saying that. They don't date black women. But these two gentlemen happen to be black. But it wasn't that they said they didn't date black women. It was the manner of which they said it. One dude said, and I quote, you know, if you want to dabble in the dark, that's on you. Me and Fit, that's his co-host name and Fit, we don't do the Night Riders. Another one said, yes, yeah, so if you want to date a Bonquisha, you can do your thing. Needless to say, black women in the masses were very outraged about this. Not, of course, not of course, not because they looked at either of these ugly niggas and said, "I wouldn't want to date either of them," but more because they felt like, you know, why? Why you for one? Why, why, first off, y'all are both black, so why are you talking about us like that? And shout out to Andrew Schultz and Akash Singh. They decided to have them on the podcast and have a conversation with them. Um, much love to uh, Andrew Schultz. Round of applause for the mature way he mediated that conversation. It was a very mediated, well-measured way of controlling the conversation because Akash, so shout out to Akash if you watched the episode. He was not here for the games. Akash was like, bro, he was getting in. Shout out to Akash. But um, I wanted to have a conversation objectively, not so much about the clip, because I know a lot of you guys might not have watched it, but more about what was said in the interview. Because I felt like, you know, as a black man, some of the comments that they said in the video, I have heard echoed in the community. Some of what they said, I have said before in my stupidity as a youth. And I do think it's an interesting conversation. Like one question Andrew Schultz asked in the video was like, what creates preference? What makes you say, dang, I just love Samoan women. I want to date a Samoan woman. What makes you date that? What makes you look at that? When I was a kid, they used to say back in the day, a lot of the times you date your mom. Shout out to Braylon Entry said, they're trolls, just insecure relationship gurus. Let me get to that. When I was a kid, they used to say that, um, and by the way, that comment I just read, that's from my live stream. Um, when I was a kid, they used to say, a lot of the time, a man will try to date his mom or date some kind of woman that looks kind of like their mom or some in some type of way, a woman that reminds them of their mom, correct? But it's interesting because in the black community, not always, but we have heard a lot of men say in our community, not all, obviously, because don't get that messed up. I live in California where we do have a lot of racial mixing. And like I've said on my podcast, the majority of the women I have talked to have been Mexican. But most black men, even in California, do marry black women. That's not a don't get that messed up. Like, but 
it is something to be said about how you do have a lot of black men in the community who do say, well, I don't want to date a black woman. I don't want to date a black woman. Or, well, the most I might do is a red bone or a light skin, but I want to date a black woman. And it makes you think, why would you say that? Now, what I've always thrown it up to was I've always tossed it up to them saying that because I don't say that. You know, I just say if I find you attractive, I like tall women and I like fat ass. That's my thing. Tall or fat ass. Either or if you over 5'8", you me. You for me. But if you under 5'8", you got a fat ass you for me as well. But I'll say I think it is something to be said about when Andrew was asking what creates preference, I honestly think 98% of what creates preference is whatever the societal acceptable standard is. Like, for example, I'll be real with you. So we're having a conversation. I love dark-skinned women. I love dark-skinned black women. But I can also tell you from my personal experience that even when I do try to talk to dark-skinned girls, there is a portion of me that kind of thinks, well... I wonder if people are going to judge me for dating a dark-skinned girl because I'm dark-skinned, too. So, when they look at me and think, like, oh, he's going to have a black-ass kid. And I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I feel like when you talk to dark-skinned girls, there are some dark-skinned girls who I do feel don't like dating dark-skinned dudes because they maybe want somebody lighter sometimes. Just it is what it is. I Now, granted, I'm still going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. That's just how I move. But, you know, I, I remember I got a cousin. And I remember when he lived in Georgia, he said he only loved white girls. He only wanted to date white girls. He didn't want to touch anything black. He didn't want to touch anything Mexican. Nothing that wasn't white. Came to California for two summers, and now he just is in love with Mexican girls. Hates black girls. Went and worked at a church in Oak Park for like maybe three weeks, and suddenly then he wanted to date black girls. You know what I'm saying? So it is something to be said about the societal peer pressures that create your preference. My preference, honestly, to be real with you, this is speak from my own perspective. I talk to a lot of Mexican girls just because I'm a culture nerd. Like I speak Spanish. I speak Portuguese. So a lot of the time just being real, like it's not that I'm trying to date outside of my race. It's just that that's kind of just a byproduct of just how my life kind of went. Like I, I talk to a lot. I, I talked to 4,000 Mexican people like in my path of trying to learn Spanish and master it. So just, it just by a byproduct of this, it is what it is. Now, my natural preference, honestly, is black women. I love tall, athletic. I'm talking like that tall, kind of athletic Serena Williams looking black girl. That's my, that's my vibe. You know, and it is what it is. Now, part of the reason why this is going to sound very offensive to some people. I'm just going to say it. I do think that in a certain societal standard, there are a lot of black men who grew up in households where they felt that black women were unattractive because they felt that when they went outside, that was the societal standard that black women are not attractive. You're not supposed to talk to that. Now, I never thought that because my mom, I don't know weird shit, just being for real. My mom, when she was younger, she was a very attractive woman. My mom was the mom, and my mom was like, maybe my, my skin tone a little bit darker. My mom was that mom who, like, when she would pick me up from school, kids would be trying to talk to her or say like this or make all that little weird-ass comments. Or when, you know, like when the barber take you to get your hair cut at the barber shop, the barber talking to you, talking about some, hey, yo, tell your mom to come talk with you. I'm like, nigga, what the fuck? Nigga, I'm 12. Why are you saying this? Why are you whispering this in my, yo, I, I didn't even think of I remember, I didn't even think of I remember that nigga was trying to tell me, yeah, you call me God, dad. The fuck, nigga, God, that nigga, I don't know you. What the fuck, like, 
Niggas is weird, bro, when they be trying to get... Niggas is just so creepy, bro. That's why when I talk to girls who have kids, I try my hardest to stay out of the picture. Because I'm like, bro, I don't want to be that guy. Like, it's just so awkward. Men, we can be... Men, we can be so awkward when we want pussy. But, uh... So, that's the first thing when it comes to racial preference. I don't think there's nothing wrong with dating outside your race, obviously. But I do think it's wrong when you date outside your race at the same time you put down another race in pursuit of that. Like one thing, one there was one response that the guy had. There was one response that one guy had who was critiquing that video. He said, I don't understand why black men feel the need to put down black women in front of, in front of other races. I think personally it's just a kind of way to kind of, well, let me just say this about these two guys who this who who did this podcast with them. There is something to be said about who is this? Is, who is this information coming from? These two guys clearly had a hard time getting pussy before they got famous. Just being for real, that's just my interpretation of it. I heard them say on the podcast that I heard them say on the podcast. Well, you know, we we got way more girls before the podcast popped off. Or I remember one guy, one guy, he does that. They do this whole thing where they they the they do this whole thing, fresh and fit, where they say like. They'll teach you how to be a player and a Mac and how there's a science to getting girls and all this and all that. Now we're going to move from the racial preference conversation to have a conversation about just who's saying the information. I think these two guys cater. Well, they, they ain't that I think they do. Their audience caters to the men out there in the world who are having a hard time finding women, who have a hard time getting laid, who are having a hard time bringing back women to the two and three bedroom apartment this year with eight people in San Francisco. And I understand that. There's nothing wrong with it. I understand you talking to that audience because there are a lot of men who do struggle with that. But I don't like it when you're given almost one-sided incorrect information. And then a lot like, I do feel when they say they don't like black women, they're coming from the perspective of people who, let me just say this to black women. Let me say this to black women. You know, when people ask me, like, what's the difference between dating, dating like a black woman or dating a Mexican woman or dating a white woman? Because I've dated all of them. I can tell you the biggest difference between dating a black woman and a Mexican or a white woman. I'll be on the way honest, all the way honest with you. Black women have a very, 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 very low tolerance for a corny nigga. I'm a corny nigga. I'm a corny nigga. Now, it also helps, you know, not trying to be cocky. I'm a cute nigga. So, like, when I talk to girls, I kind of get away with a little more shit that I should be getting away with. But it, 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 I, black women just have a very low tolerance for courtiness. They just do. It's like it's, you know, the when you dating a black girl, even if she really like you, you ain't got but four or five uh, jokes to make about Yu-Gi-Oh! and anime and, and comic books before she's like, okay, nigga, I'm deleting your number from my phone. This is a wrap. You're just being for real, like. That's just that, 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 that I will say is a big thing. So I bring this up because when I look at them, I do see dudes who maybe were corny or kind of corny when they were kids and stuff like that. So I can kind of understand like how they, I could kind of understand how they can, um, probably grow up and feel like they were shunned by black women and then go to white women and feel like, oh, well, and go to feel like, oh, maybe I can feel more, be, feel more accepted by them. Maybe that's a thing too. And one thing, too, when I saw them, honestly, bro, because I'm not going to judge them. I've been there before. I have been there before. I've been there at that point where I said, oh, well, I don't want to date black girls and fucking. Oh, I oh, I, oh fuck. I, I hate women. Women are just users. Oh, fuck. All women cheat or stuff like that. 
if you've been through a certain amount of heartbreak in your life, particularly if you went through a, like a long six or four or five year run of just like getting your heart broken or shit not going your way. I've had women in my life who I felt like God on this. I felt like in my heart of soul, these were the women that God put on this earth to, to be mine. I've had women like that look at me and not even feel an inkling of attraction to my woman that I wrote poems for, told my mom about, told my grandma about, et cetera, et cetera. And I've had to end up just feeling in a situation where it's like, you know what? I got to just walk away. I have no other option. I'm not going to be able to talk her, talk her, force her into being attracted to me and just leave it alone. It is what it is. We've all went through that. But I bring that up because I think that when you just focus on those negative experiences that you have in the path of finding love and finding your true love, et cetera, et cetera, what will happen is, is you'll have a victim outlook on the world. That's going to be another thing we're going to talk about in the podcast, particularly when it comes to dating. Because I used to look at life like that. I used to, up until a few years ago, I used to always, not even say a few years ago, probably a few months ago, I used to always look at my life and think about all the women who... I loved, I really did love, and I really, who didn't even give me the time of day, who didn't talk to me, didn't respond to my messages, but chase some other idiot down the street. I used to always mentally focus on those girls who did that. The reason why I don't now is because, <laughs> bruh, I, I don't know, bro, it's, uh, it's really, I ain't gonna lie to you, it's really hard for me to really focus on all the girls who didn't give me a chance because when I tell you all the girls who gave me a chance and I was in the fucked up, men out there, y'all know what I'm talking about. Remember the first time you talked to a girl who had a car? You, you ever jogged to a girl's house to get some pussy? You ever talked to a girl and fucked her and she had to drop you off at work afterwards? You ever fucked a girl and not have nowhere else to stay? So when I think about all the listen there, and like I'm saying, I'm life's okay right now. I got my own spot now. I live on my own. Got my car. Everything's good. But like, it, I'm biased, bro, because like it was a lot. Like when I really rethink my life, it was a lot. Like beautiful girls who gave me a chance in life, gave me a chance. It was fucking with me, and I was on the most down time. So. I'm biased because I can look at my life and say, yeah, there was some women who did me wrong or yeah, there was some women who ignored me. With the but I can also say, well, damn, it's a lot of women who gave my dumb ass a chance when like, nigga, I know for a fact it's like, like this, like, I know women, I can tell you there was women who slept with me when I only had one stick of deodorant in my bathroom. So, so I bring it up because if you just focus on one kind of experience that you have throughout a certain amount of years in your life. It'll make you bitter. It'll make you resentable, and it'll it'll give you this victim outlook on the world. Bring this up with them because I'm pretty sure that both of those men have had significant amount of heartbreaks and significant amount of difficulties dealing with women when they were younger. I'm pretty sure you know they got millions of followers. Podcast is popular. I'm pretty sure that situation has changed right now. But what happens is is see one thing about people when you're bitter and we have a it looks crazy on you as you get older. It looks crazy on you when you get older and you just come off as this bitter person because now, like, like you, I'm going to give you a good example. Give you a good, a good example. So when I was a child, I was bullied. When I was a child, I was bullied as a child. I was a fan of anime. I was a fan of uh Manga and stuff like that. When I was 13, 14, I got pressed up against lockers. I got knives drawn on me. I got robbed. When I was a kid, that was the thing that happened to me in real life. So when I got older, even up until recently, 
that was always a chip I had on my shoulder. Bring that up because what would happen was is every time I would get into an argument with somebody, as an adult, I would go the nine. Not all the time, but I would go the nine, the ten sometimes. I'm talking about I've curb stomped people in fights. I've slammed people down. I beat the shit out of people. But that was... I'm not a crazy guy. Let me just say, I'm not crazy. I'm not a crazy guy. Just, you know, it is what it is. I mean, in all those situations, them niggas started it. But there was a certain amount of excess I would go in an altercation with somebody, or even if somebody was arguing with me, I would have a hard time seeing that I there would, that I might be wrong in the argument or in the altercation because, because I have this victim mentality of just seeing myself as a little boy, that same 11 or 12-year-old boy at Springstown Middle School in Vallejo, California, who's getting his ass kicked every day. What made me change my perspective was just at one point, I'll never forget, my dad, I was talking to him about it one time, one time, and he was like, he was like, I was like, man, you know, these niggas, they keep trying to, I don't know why they keep trying to try me, dad, you don't understand, I thought people try to be trying to bully me, I'm a grown man at this point. My dad looked at me and said, nigga, you don't, he said, Joe, my real name's Joe, he's like, Joe, you're 6'2", like 220, nigga, you're not a kid no more, what the fuck you talking like, like, what the, like, you, he was like, bro, you, you, you're talking, he's like, son, you're talking like you're still a kid. There's no, you're a grown. There's no man who's trying to pick on you. There's something that you're doing wrong, and that victim mentality. Even in regular day interactions, like if I get into an argument with somebody, I still will see myself like as a little kid reflected in their eyes when I'm talking to them. And because of that, I think sometimes that blinds me to where I might be wrong in the argument or where I might be wrong in altercation. Like there's a lot of situations that I didn't re- it's a lot of situations in my life. Now I can tell you in the last three, four years, even up until last year where I think I was the person who was in the wrong in the scenario, but because I had that victim mentality of I, me being a kid going back to that, I couldn't see, well, fuck that. Maybe I was wrong. Oh, fuck me. I was wrong. Bouncing back to dating women. So a lot of times I've talked to girls where I felt like, well, she did me wrong or, man, I fucked up or, man, why did she give me a chance or she's with you a woo 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 But then it's like, I think we have to, I think what we have to understand about life is, um, is, you know, if you out there dating, there's certain things that are just universal. There's certain experiences that are just universal. You are going to get your heart broken. Let me just say this to any man out there who's any man who out there who's dating, any man out there who's been dating before and been out there in the streets. You already know what I'm talking about. You might or probably going to get cheated on. You're also you are also going to fuck a girl who has a boyfriend. You are going to have a girl reject you sometimes in a way that's embarrassing. You are also going to go to a nightclub and have a girl run up on you and grab your dick. You are also going to have a girl run up on you, give you her number. You are also going to have a girl try to pull, try to fucking kidnap you and take her to her house. It is what it is. You're going to have all these are experiences that in dating you're going to go through. You are going to have a woman say, "Oh, that nigga's ugly." You are going to have a girl look at you and say, "Oh, nigga, you so fucking fine. Oh, you so cute." That's just it's certain things. That's just universal in dating. You're going to have those experiences, like you know. And the ones, you know, the experiences that feel good, they feel fucking good. But the experiences that feel bad, they feel fucking bad. Let me tell you, like, you know, because I've had some bad rejections in my day, some bad ones. But then I've had some great ones. I've had some great acceptances. I've had some great moments like, you know, you know, I remember one time I went to the club like two weeks ago and I was dancing with this girl and, um. Her friend was so fucking fine, but her friend had a boyfriend. And her friend was like, you know, you can feel when you're talking to a girl like she likes you, but she, you know, she you can tell she really does have a boyfriend. So I started dancing with her friend and my boy who was with me, he tried to talk to her. She wouldn't fuck with my friend, my, my boy at all. 
But the whole time, when he kept trying to talk to her, she just was just staring at me, like, just so hard, like, just staring at me I was, when I was with her friend, like. And I bring it up because my boy was on the side of her, like, trying to spit that little shit, and she just was like. And the funny thing about that situation, when, I, when we left, I couldn't even talk shit, because like I told him, I was like, bro, that nigga that you were in that moment, I've been that nigga so many times. It is what it is, bro. It's just the game, bro. I've been that dude when you're trying to talk to a girl. It ain't nothing worse than being the guy who's trying to talk to a girl. And she's focused on the niggas on the other side of the room. She ain't even thinking about you. She's focused on another nigga. But that's part of the game, bro. You're gonna be the, Sometimes you're going to be the nigga she's focused on. And sometimes you're going to be the nigga that she's not trying to hear in the moment. That's just the game, you know. I don't know, bro. I, I, I think, you know, I don't know, bro. It's kind of out of, I'm biased because, like, a lot of the times, like, and that's another thing when it comes to dating advice. That's why I don't like to give dating advice because a lot of the time, a lot of the time dating advice, like when somebody gives you dating advice, they're giving you dating advice from their perspective of how they've had to deal with women. Like I can tell you all that game pickup artist shit. I read all them goddamn books. The mystery, the mystery method, method of mystery, all that thing about how to pick up girls and how to woo her into talking to you and keynote and et cetera, et cetera, all that weird shit. And I can tell you like, and I'm biased. I, I, I can just tell you from my personal experience, I'm not that good at talking girls into being attracted to me. Hell, honestly, my experience, like, and this is why I say you have to speak from your experience. My experience dating has always been is when I would talk to a girl, I've had more experiences talking myself out of pussy than talking myself into pussy in a sense, if that makes sense. Like, I've had more experiences of talking to a girl and... I make one too many jokes that just don't land, and it's like, oh shit! But I could tell she liked me; she thought I was cute. But it was just like, it's like, uh, 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 okay, you know. That's just from my personal experience. But I can tell you a lot of men who say like their tongue is their greatest, um, their tongue is their greatest weapon. You know, their tongue is their greatest. Some some dudes is like that. You know, for me, I can't tell you. I can't tell you that's that's the case for me. You know, my thing has always been I present myself, and if. I don't know for how I do it. I always, I always say it's like when I talk to a girl, I can kind of feel when a girl likes me. Like in the first four or five seconds, like where it goes after that just depends on you know the circumstances. But you know, you know, I, I but I say, but like I said, you're listening to a podcast. You're listening to a podcast from me, a guy who you know I never had game. I just present myself and just see where things go. But I don't know. It's just it's just it's interest. It's interesting to see like you know as men, men, women, we do this a lot. Like. When we have these traumatic, terrible experiences as children, or even as teenagers, those experiences shape our outlook on the world, even as we become adults. Those experiences make us look, teach us how to look at situations and teach us how to look at women in a way that sometimes might not be the, you know, sometimes might not be the right way. Because keep in mind, what they're saying is true in some sense. Do women want a man of value? Yes, I do think women want a man of value. I do think women inherently want to talk to men who are doing good, who have finances, who are who are rich, et cetera, et cetera. But I can tell you, and when I say this, men do not get upset when I say this. I'm just going to be honest. I feel like a lot of women, more than when, more than men are willing to settle, in a sense. More than men are willing to settle. Do not get mad when I say I feel like most women are willing to settle. The only reason I say that is because I feel like 90% of the women that I've talked to who, who want not, I feel like 90% of the women who I've talked to in my life 
if they weren't prettier, if they weren't prettier than me, they damn sure made more money than me. I think women that we we, we I mean. We can we can even take this a little bit. We can take this even a lower level because I want to re- I want to keep this conversation. I want to keep this conversation relating to the man, the common man. I'm talking about the regular man who has to go to who has to go to nine eight uh, uh, eight to five job like I got to tomorrow. How many times you drive through the herd? How many times do you drive through the herd and see a dude in a car where he's in the passenger seat and his girl's driving? How many times, how many of us, how many of us know like a plethora of niggas street conversation, but how many of us know a plethora of niggas who are in jail, got out of jail, who were in jail, got out of jail and are dating a girl who's the manager of Bank of America or fucking uh, has a good job as a real estate agent or something like that. I've always, I'm biased. I just have always kind of felt like women do kind of, but then again, I don't know. I've always felt like women are willing to settle in a certain sense. Now, that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. You should not settle for a nigga who shoots people for recreational purposes. It's not a good thing. But at the same time, I mean, look, my little brother in jail. My nigga, my little brother been in jail. My little brother been in jail for seven years. And this nigga stayed with a bitch. I'll be real with you. I don't want to say it like that. But this nigga, this nigga has never not had a bitch writing him and sending him food snacks and shit when he's been in jail. I'm just being for real with you. So it's, 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 you know, it's sad. I'm not condoning that, but it is what it is. But. But like I said, everybody's experiences, everybody's experiences is, it's, everybody's experience is different, bro. You know, everybody's experience is different. You know, I think, but I think it's just, sometimes it's just the outlook on life. You know, I try, I try not to speak. I try my hardest. Like when I talk about certain experiences in my life for good or bad, I try not to speak to the, I try not to come off as bitter and more just kind of relay what's going on because I think the bitterness that episode that I saw that they did with Fresh, the Fred with uh, with Fresh and Fred Andrew Schultz, what that really showed me is how much being bitter and resentful can blind your your outlook on reality. That's what that showed me more than anything. More than anything, that's what showed me, and not necessarily blind you because, like I said, let me keep saying this: to a certain extent, they are right. Women do want a man of value. Women do want. I've always said, if you marry a woman, to me, and this is going to sound fucked up, women don't get mad at me. I've always felt like a, a marriage cannot work unless the woman looks up to the man or admires something about the man to some extent. There has to be something. Now, that can be being a millionaire. That could be being a, a hundred thousandaire. But you're keeping your bills paid. You're keeping everything maintained. You're the breadwinner in the family. Your mama can come and rely on you, certain things like that. Sometimes it could be just when you was in high school, you was the number one street nigga. And she still holds on to that memory. You know, bounce back to the women who let who who, who you know. Picking up niggas from prison gates when they get out of jail. So I bring that up because it 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 that is true. Women do want a man of value, man who's at the top. But sometimes women equate value in different ways, bro. You know, women, 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 women. I'll put it to you like this: College showed me this more than anything because when I was in college, I got to I got to I had friends from everywhere. I had friends from Egypt, friends from Brazil friends from everywhere i've seen women literally turn down guys who might have been better looking who might have had more money just because sometimes a guy might actually be from her specific culture and she feels more comfortable with that sometimes she just might like the guy but sometimes i think sometimes it is something to be said about how women will date a guy for comfort sometimes but then again like i said not every woman is the same people that i don't know bro it's just the the world's I'm going to end the podcast like this. This is what I'll end the podcast like this. I'll end it with this. The world is not monolithic. It's not monolithic. If anything, 
There is no one way that all black men act. There's no one way that men act. There's no one way that women act. There's no one way that Mexican or black women act. That's why you have such a thing as called as personality. That's why you have such a thing as called like your own personality. That's your. That's the thing that dis- differentiates either person. How many of us know people? I just told you, I've never been arrested before a day in my goddamn life. I've never went to jail. I've never been booked to the police station. I've had, I have had my name taken down for assault, but I, but I, but I, but I didn't get a book or anything like that, you know. But bring that up because all of my brothers, except my youngest, youngest brother, have all been to jail. My younger brother's in jail right now, Free Jacques. You know, same house, so people can be different, but. Shout out to uh, shout out to Fast Stuff. You said off topic. Did you check out United States of Insanity? No, what's that? I never heard of that. What's United States? Of- I'm gonna Google that. Guy said I didn't check that. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check that. What's United States of Insanity? I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna Google that and I'm gonna try to remember to bring that up in the next episode. But uh, beautiful people, I do have work in three hours. You know, the podcast ain't paying the bills yet. But much love, peace, and chicken grease. This is the greatest voice podcast. Thank you for being a part of the family. Thank you for being a part of the mob. And we are 